Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, this is Colby Marshall with Believe in Rugby on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you are enjoying the show so far, please subscribe and rate five stars. We are available on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com, at Believe in Rugby on Instagram, and at Believe Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Today, I have a very special guest for you guys and head coach of the Iona Rugby Gales, Bruce McLean. Bruce is obviously my former head coach at Iona and uh, has won a national championship as coach for Xavier High School, as well as four national championships as a coach for the New York Athletic Club. In 2014, he took on a new challenge at Iona College and successfully put a program that nobody really knew about on the map, highlighted with a victory over number four in the nation army in 2015 and two successful sevens campaigns in which the team placed seventh in 2018 and fifth in the nation in 2019. Bruce, how's it going? I'm doing well, Cole. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well. And it's funny because the last time we talked about, well, the second to last time we talked, I want to say like a month or month and a half ago, you uh, were asking me about what I wanted to do, um, you know, while I was in this pandemic. And, you know, I, I was telling you about the rugby wrap-up show that I was doing. And you mentioned that, you know, I should look into having my own show. So it's kind of funny that, you know, here I am with my own show and I'm having you on now. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm proud of you. I think that was great. All right, let's get right into it. Um, so you were introduced to the game of rugby at a young age. You played at Xavier High School. Um, talk a little bit about when you were first introduced to the game and what that was like for you growing up. Well, for, when I first got introduced to it, my grammar school football coach played. So it was a guy named Billy Nolan who – was a great guy, one of the best coaches I ever had. And he ran the Gaelic football for the fire department for, uh, it's got to be 20, 25 years he did it. So I just found out about rugby through him. And then 
my father, when he retired from the police department, owned the bar. And one of his favorite bartenders was a guy named Jack Frawley, who played for the Bay Ridge Rugby Club, which is where Mike Petrie lives. And so I used to go to a few of their games when I was a little kid. So I was pretty familiar with it. And then went to Xavier and I played and I was fortunate enough to play with some terrific players and, and in Mike Tolkien and, and this guy, Pat Cusinelli and, and Timmy Walsh and Joe Sweeney and a, and a bunch of guys that actually Sunday, I still went out with a whole load of them that we won the 85 national championship with. And we had a little barbecue with all our families and stuff. So it was nice. Then I played in college at Bucknell and actually I played rep rugby for Doc Jones, the Kutztown coach, funnily enough. So I've known him since 1987. And so the last three years of college, I played for the East Penn All-Stars, like the Philadelphia area All-Stars. And I played for four years, but he was the coach for three of them. And then I went on and I played at New York Rugby Club, Monmouth Rugby Club, New York Athletic Club. And I coached New York. I coached Monmouth, New York, and, and the New York Athletic Club as well as a player. But I also uh, coached New York Athletic Club for a long time and was fortunate enough to win four national championships there. And along the way, we won several uh, rep side championships and I was coaching Xavier high school also, and we're able to win several uh, national championships there. So I think all tolls 11 or 12, but the ones that always mean the most to you aren't the all-star championships are awesome and they're fun, but, they're put together teams that are different and actually played on that 85 team with Paul Burke, but Paul was, Paul was a sophomore. He's a great player. And uh, Paul coaches Iona with us. But we, yeah, we had, we had a, a really good time and our coaches, we went on tour from high school, international tours, major undertaking tours for kids. I mean, my senior year, we went to Hawaii, Salt Lake City, and Los Angeles. We've been to Canada. The team has been uh, Bermuda, Barbados. They've been uh, England, Ireland, France. When I was coaching Xavier, we went to Australia and New Zealand. So essentially, they've been to Scotland. I, I wasn't on that trip, but I didn't go to France either. But they, they've toured every single year and really have had a, a great history of it, whether they toured domestically. I think the plan now is that they toured domestically one year and internationally another year. And this way it gives everybody an opportunity to have a nice domestic tour and a nice international tour. And I think that's gone from rugby. And when you were – when we were just starting the podcast, I was on the phone with – Paul Burke, one of our other coaches at, at Iona, and he's organizing a tour for Iona Rugby to Ireland in January because Fordham went there last year, and we were like, well, that's a perfect time to go on tour because in the summer, everybody's trying to get a job. And in January, 
like nobody's really working because it's not a long enough break. So we figured what we can do is we can take a tour and go to Ireland and play three games or so over the course of eight or nine days and then try to go to a couple of first-class games in the Pro 14. So that's plan, Stan. Nice. And you mentioned all of the tours that you did as a player and as a coach, you know, ways to get close with your teammates. How do you think rugby is different in that aspect of it being such a brotherhood, a brotherhood that you really don't see um, as much in other sports as you do in rugby? I think the difference between rugby and other sports isn't so much the sport in and of itself. It's the culture of what happens afterward. So after the games in rugby, you know, pretty much every game that you played in college, there would have been some kind of food and, you know, Gatorade or whatever um, with the other team where you can spend another hour hour and a half with those guys so you get to know them the other part of rugby that's kind of gone it's going to come back because we're trying to bring it back is select side rugby or rep side rugby so we used to have all-star teams that played by region and those regional all-star teams would bring together all those players from the different clubs and the different teams in the area so those guys would practice together and get to know each other and play in some tournaments. So instead of having a rivalry of hatred, you had a rivalry of respect. And you had a, a mutual respect for each other. So you played hard. It was almost like you, you played hard because you wanted to beat your friend. Kind of like a, and I don't want to say it was like a pickup basketball game or a pickup stickball game or something like that, but it was, in a lot of ways, a competition among friends. And rugby's kind of weird because there's a lot of guys who played in high school and had an, a great high school experience, but there's also a lot of guys and a lot of the best players I ever played with, against, or even still to this day of coach didn't get to play in high school and started playing in college. So that's something that I actually think that the coaches, me included, are not doing a good enough job on helping players who didn't play in high school to thrive and become great players in college and give them an opportunity to become great players beyond. And there are several guys that Billy O'Connell didn't play in high school. So, and he was one of the best players I ever played with. So when you, when you look at guys like that, you need to, Dave Flemister didn't play in high school. You absolutely need to make sure that we develop players like that who are going to go further in the game. Paul Enright didn't play in high school. So those are, and Steve Lake from Navy, and these, these are guys who are superstars. So I would, I really believe that we need to 
help players who didn't play in high school to be able to thrive in college. And too often, and and I'm guilty of it too, so I'm not throwing stones here on anybody. Too often, we take the expedient route and go with the experienced guy who really doesn't have a ton of upside potential because he's about as good as he's ever going to be and has a limited athletic talent. But because he knows what he's doing, you wind up playing him and coaching him and working so much with that guy that the guy who has a lot of athletic talent and a great upside potential can be left by the wayside. Yeah, and speaking of guys who didn't play in high school, Watson Felicatonga is one of those guys. And he was actually drafted a couple of days ago along with John Powers uh, to play professional rugby in the MLR. So, I mean, how cool was it to see that happen for those two dudes? Yeah, how great was that? It was it was really awesome. And it was uh, – I kind of had a feeling that Powers was going to go to Utah. I wasn't exactly sure where Watson was going to go. I knew Watson – would probably go somewhere as everybody was interested in him. Watson's brother, um, uh, Lamoto Felicitanga, goes by Moto, was he he played for the US national team and his cousin Albert Tui Poloto, who played for Aspen, be a guy that I would have coached rugby against when I was with the New York Athletic Club and he became a friend. Um, Albert is a cop in San Francisco, and he also played for New York, not for uh, the U.S. national team. So, I kind of figured Moto was, was sorry, I figured that uh, Watson was gonna go and somewhere because he's a he's a fabulous player, and he was a and a, a, a great great guy, and he he didn't play really play rugby until he got to Iona, so he only played a couple of years. He was a football player. He transferred from a junior college. So he was a football player, and that was that was pretty awesome. Powers, on the other hand, went to Xavier, moved to Florida, played rugby at Xavier, moved to Florida, finished in Florida playing rugby. And I met him through Eamon Matthews, the captain of St. Bonaventure, the year before. And he said, look, you got to call this guy. He's a great player. So I did, and and then he came up and, and played. It turned out his family was from Rockaway, which I didn't know. His mother went to Fordham, and it was – he was awesome. He he started as a winger and, and was part of the team that beat Army. Army was number one in the country. That's the point, by the way. Uh, when, we, when we beat them, I don't know what the score was. But, um, so whatever it was, and the powers played, and then we kind of needed a fly half, and he was a good decision maker. He was a great defender. He really had all the tools. Probably could have used the boot, and I I guess in a way, it was good and bad for him to go to fly half because he was a terrific wing. But I think he's one of the players who really benefited most from sevens because he was able to go back and hone his defense on the edge in sevens as a center and a wing. So I think that 
being being a sevens player helped Powers get drafted because he was he was able to maintain a lot of his skills as playing a uh, playing kind of as a wing and a fullback, and I think that's where Utah is going to use him. He he had entered the draft in in that position. Other thing is, I thought that right. Phil Torino, who was coaching Rooney in Major League Rugby, the he coached a development team that played against the All Americans. He used Powers as he used Powers in a position to play fullback, and Powers tore up the entire game. So I thought that that was also really valuable for him getting drafted. He's a, he's a fantastic player, great story. Both of them have a, a great story. Both of them were fantastic players. I'm really proud of all their their efforts that they made and the strides that they made. And uh, they made Iona better, and Iona's going to miss him. I was, I was watching <clears throat> Powers had done a highlight reel, and I was like, Jesus Christ, he was good, man. We are going to miss that. And Watson was – I mean, he had broken his leg twice his junior year. So once during the season – or during camp – and he came back and did it again. And uh, it was just two freak things, two total freak things. Then his senior year, he was he was great. And he had uh, early in the season, he popped his calf. It was almost like, Jesus, one of a bad luck, he'd have none. But then he, he played brilliantly in sevens his junior year, played brilliantly in sevens his senior year. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was awesome. And, then thank God that he played for us. And now you see, I mean, you, you played with him. You played right outside of him. So you know what kind of power runner he is. He is losing and give you a little pass and off you go. You can, you can run 25 yards, 30 yards at a canter. You didn't have to, you didn't have to go that fast. You could score. (laughs) Yeah. And I think what's so special about him is that he, he picks up like these nuances within the game so quickly and it's weird because you know he's a guy that just started playing not too long ago but like when I was at the Rooney camp with him he was picking up everything Greg McWilliams was throwing at him like right away and it was pretty it was pretty cool to see because you can tell like he's he's kind of you know destined to do great things in the sport and yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what he does yeah I think that there's no doubt that he's going to be uh, he's going to be a great player. And on top of the fact, he got chosen by L.A. So the L.A. coach is a friend of Mike Reardon. So, and also, Watson's a California guy. So I think it'll be a place where he can be comfortable. He's not going to have, he's not going to have to deal with the terrible weather. He wasn't a massive fan of the New York winter. Um, so I think that he's going to enjoy the early part of the seventh season, well, you know, he would he would much rather be in, in the gym doing sprints, listening to Andrew Apt, go up and down and 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 drive them hard rather than uh, be out on the field in the freezing cold, <clears throat> dealing with me. So I think that uh, sure. L.A. is going to be L.A. is going to be a very welcome change in 
December and January when he when he reports, as opposed to uh, as opposed to being in New York, going, oh my God, oh my God, he's going to be in seventy degree weather as opposed to seven degree weather. Put it this way, he won't be thinking about taking a flight back to New York when uh, in January when it's when the weather's nice. Not a prayer. Uh, what plans do you have for uh, Ionis 15's team in uh, in the fall? So the Liberty Conference, had, which is our conference, had chosen to form a, a, a D1A part of National College Rugby. So we're part of National College Rugby. And I think that Rugby East is going to join us. I'm not 100% certain what everyone's going to do. And so we've, we're going to do that. And we have the University of Indiana is going to play us on homecoming. Uh, we're going out to play the University of Notre Dame on September 10th, which is a Friday on the Saturday, September 11th. They're going to be playing Arkansas. So we'll be able to play Friday night out at Notre Dame and then go to the football game on Saturday come home on either Saturday night or Sunday, see how that, see whatever pans out. And then I would imagine Sunday. Then we'll play our regular schedule that we always play. And then in the end, it's supposed to end up with, uh, you know, the Liberty Bowl series, Liberty Championship series, which will end on November 14th. And then National College Rugby has a semifinal scheduled for November 21st and a final scheduled for December 5th. Not exactly certain how that's going to play out. Probably going to depend on how many teams are in each division. There's a a few hundred teams in National College Rugby, but a lot of them are Division II and III teams. So we wouldn't be competing against those guys. So I, I don't know how exactly the playoffs are going to go. And also... There's, there's going to be there's probably some ramifications as to how different states open on at different times. I mean, look, we may not play much. We may, we may only be able to start playing in, in October. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to even try to predict what's going to happen. So I'm just going to, going to sit there. I'm going to wait and the guys are working hard and they're preparing and they're doing off season training and just trying to get themselves physically ready as best they can. I think gyms will open relatively soon and then guys can get out of a little bit. I think they've been doing the running and the pushups and the, and the body weight exercises or whatever weights they might have. They've been pretty disciplined and good about it. But once the gyms start opening, I think they can get at it a little bit better, and then we can really we can really see what's going to be. I, like I said, I don't know, so I'm not going to stress too much about it. I'm not going to panic too much about it. It's whatever happens, happens, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm I've been looking forward to watching Iona this fall for a while now, and if we do have a season, I know I'll definitely be at some of the games. So. Um, I wish you guys the best of luck, Bruce. Obviously, I know we'll stay in touch. And thank you again for for coming on this podcast uh, to do the show with me. It means a lot, and I hope to have you on in the future. Call me anytime.
you're one of my favorites and I love you and I hope you have a I hope you have a great um rest of your summer if I don't see you. But I'm a, I might see you. I don't know. Now, you do have a strange problem. You are a Philadelphia Eagle fan. Hmm. Not really. Hey. I, I don't care if it's in your blood and all that stuff. I'm bre- I'm breathing, aren't I? I'm here. I'm here now. You are. You are. I'm doing all right. I, I, I think you're doing all right. But I, I think that, you know, just remember, you're closer, you're closer to Giant Blue where you live than that, that, that disgusting puke green of Philadelphia. <laughs> all, all I got to do is mention Deshaun Jackson, Miracle at the Meadowlands 2, and I don't hear from, I don't hear from Giants fans after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> all I got to do is mention four Super Bowls, and uh, you're lucky you didn't hurt us. Finally. You're lucky you got one finally. You, you, you don't hurt us, though. We hurt you. That's because – in order to get hurt, you need intelligence. <laughs> ah, good old Bruce. I was wondering when he was going to crack a joke about me liking Philadelphia sports. guess we had to wait until the end for that. But if you're someone that'd like to come on the show or have any cool ideas for the show, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at Believe in Rugby. If you have any questions, I know that John DeLera was wondering what Iona College Rugby alumni Tim Downey would do for an Iona Ultimate team. And uh, I look forward to having him on to, to settle that debate for good. So if you have any questions like that, don't be afraid to direct message me or comment on my profile and I'll address it on the next episode. With that being said, Also, if you're a college athlete that's sort of transitioning into the real world away from your sport, definitely check out a podcast called When Your Sport Ends. It's run by a girl named Brooke and a guy named Don, and they have a bunch of former collegiate athletes on that talk about the transition and their experience going from playing a sport to not playing a sport. So, you know, they just had me on actually for an episode that's going to go public in a couple of weeks. So look out for that and definitely check them out if that's something you can relate to. Um, With that being said, thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of Believe in Rugby. I'm having a blast so far. I hope you guys are too. And I'll be back next week with more. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. 
It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money and